2023 has finally arrived. It's an exciting opportunity for all of us to start afresh. The only thing that, uh, yeah, the only thing is that budgets are very, very tight this time of the year. Yeah? Luckily, the Engine Quick Shop is offering a range of amazing specials to help ease you into the year. Visit your nearest Engine Quick Shop now. Specials available till the 28th of February 2023. Terms and conditions apply. Engine, with us, you are number one. 23 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to our wrap of the top business stories. Now, Nat Nakaso on Twitter asking what our WhatsApp line is. It is 060-552-7303. Yeah, he says he lost his phone there. Yeah, so uh, Nat, you can find us there on uh, 060-552-7303. And we go straight into the markets uh, to make sense of uh, the latest that... Uh, is happening in company news and also, I guess, the latest coming out from a data print from StatsSA. And I'm joined on the line to take a look at all of these interesting stories by co-founder and chief investment officer at Benguela Global Fund Managers, and that is Zuela Akim Nguni. Kwabe, good evening to you, my brother, and welcome. Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Kwabe, let's thank start you. off with H&M. Uh, yeah, announcing their partnership here. We kind of knew about this, but now it seems... The ball is rolling in earnest. Uh, H&M said to partner with Superbalist and uh, they're opening a new Cape Town store, but also uh, saying soon you might be able to access on the Take A Lot inspired platform, uh, all of their clothing and some of their homeware lines. Yeah, look, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a move that makes sense. I think uh, one of the big uh, uh, issues about retailing is distribution. So you can either distribute through a store, a brick and mortar store, or you can go online. And I think uh, Super Valley has, has built quite a, a decent following and decent uh, uh, e-commerce platform. Mm. And it makes sense that uh, you get some volume coming on, on Steam. Again, that type of business is also dependent on whether you can put uh, uh, more throughput of product through it. And they then get the benefit of uh, economies of scale, to also in terms of just getting the distribution deliveries and all those things. On the other side, it enables H&M to scale back on the requirement to invest in uh, the bricks and mortar uh, elements of their of their uh, distribution. So uh, I think it's a it's a it's a move that actually makes uh, economic sense for mm. two companies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was just shocked, Kwabe, that uh, H&M only has 28 stores in the country. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Is it because they punch above their weight in terms of their share of voice in the market, in ads and all of that? Because, I mean, I thought they would have had much, much more. I, I certainly thought they would have had much more, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, like you say, they, they punch way above their, their, their weight in terms of voice mm. in the market. Yeah. And then I guess the other element, uh, Kwabe, a lot of other partnerships that are happening out in the space where e-commerce meets physical bricks and mortar store. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Take A Lot, uh, which Superbalist is associated with, also going into a tie-up with Pick and Pay where it might seem it might be mutually beneficial. Pick and Pay serves as a cross-docking space for them and they do some last mile for Pick and Pay's deliveries. Yeah, again, like I say, I mean, if you think about it, uh, uh, Pick and Pay has got uh, stores and and a brand that customers are uh, kind of associated with. And what we are getting here on the last mile is that they take a look and take the delivery out, but then on, let's say, the sending out a scooter, they can pack a few more things that actually uh, can give them efficiency in terms of the, the productivity of that scooter. Mm-hmm. So, so it certainly makes sense, and I think the move that is happening uh, across the world 
We've seen, uh, even with Amazon, they've been trying a number of models where they started with UPS uh, in the past, and they actually started building their own fleet, and they're now working on getting their own uh, uh, autonomous vehicles for deliveries. I think that is where the e-commerce world is moving to, and I think the the guys that have the infrastructure for them to actually get their benefit, they actually have to piggyback on these guys that have uh, the, the transportation infrastructure to be able to get the uh, uh, lower cost uh, in terms of the the, 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 the the servicing of their customers. Mm. Let's shift away from that one to the, uh, I guess, the vehicle rental and leasing business Zeda, which uh, for the first time, I guess, coming out with a market announcement since they were spun off from Barlow World and listed separately. And uh, coming in strong here in the first quarter, uh, uh, the quarter ending 31 December, and uh, I guess a reflection of the opening up of cross-provincial and international travel. Um, and add to that, I guess, some very strong margins uh, on the back of uh, some of their leasing and corporate business. Yeah, I, I think the, the point was almost a, a bit surprising to me. But if you look at their revenues, I mean, they grew their revenues uh, uh, quite strongly at 24%. So both, uh, they said that both the, the, the car rental and the leasing side, there was an improvement in activity. So uh, that has seen them being able to get, again, uh, better margins uh, in, the, in the business. I think in the, in the leasing business or, or the car rental business, they, they basically were able to actually add uh, about 7% to the fleet, and that gave them a lot more uh, uh, leasing days to, to be able to, to get out there at the time when they were the recovery. So I, I think they catch up that one uh, quite nicely. But, yeah, I think the price of down 2% uh, still... Below the listing price, I think the listing price was about fourteen rand. So I think we're sitting at around twelve rand at the moment. And and I guess w- when you look at the dynamics driving a lot of um, profitability in this space, a lot of it is availability of uh, yeah. both used and new vehicles. So we did see a glut yeah. in production um, from much of the auto assembly parts of South Africa. Uh, as a result of a shortage of parts, it might be flooding in Guazul Natal and so many other reasons. Now that a lot of those supply challenges are starting to ease up, what impact is that having on their production business, not just from the rental side, uh, but even insofar as the second-hand retail of uh, vehicles? Look, they, they, they are seeing quite, quite a bit of a bit of I think what we're going to have to do is they will be free from the existing vehicles and get that into the second-hand market. It looks like that, that momentum has picked up uh, quite nicely uh, in that space. So they, they, that has boosted margins as well, as you say. Uh, the EBITDA the margins were quite strong. Uh, I think it was about 30% versus uh, under 30% in the prior year. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Kwabe, I mean, just on this one, when one looks at the outlook, uh, because as I said, I mean, a business like this tracks so many other things. It tracks, you know, the frequency of business travel. It tracks what's happening with leisure tourism. It tracks, as we've already said, automotive production. Um, And I would also think commodity prices have a massive impact. The price of fuel, the price of, you know, all of the parts they will need for maintenance, repair and all of that. Um, just your sense of their own assessment of the economic outlook for this business. Look, I, I think the 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 the, the leasing side might actually come under a bit of pressure mm. uh, as we get the challenge from an economic uh, point of view. I, I think if you look at the the rental side, I think 
we are still below pre-pandemic levels, and I think they, they did say that they see the uh, uh, opportunity for billion days to improve. And so, so I would I would think that there would be some tailwinds in the car rental space, but I also think there'd be some headwinds on their uh, uh, leasing business because the the industry is struggling. I mean, if you look at, for example, in the mining sector, the issues of electricity uh, have played like uh, uh, their production numbers. And that is where some of these uh, uh, leasing activities play a role, where they provide uh, vehicles and they are able to then uh, get the rental uh, out of the top. Without a strong industrial activity, I think the, the leasing side might be vulnerable, but I think the, the, the car rental side would probably more than make up for it. Mm, mm. And then the other the other story that I guess came out in the markets today, which was uh, quite interesting from a trade perspective, um, the uh, unit value indices for exports and imports coming through from StatsSA, and uh, I guess this might be the last print of this of its kind because we do understand from StatsSA that uh, from hereafter it will be presented in a different way. It does, uh, although it might be phased out, tell some interesting stories about. Uh, I guess, how things fared in the month of December insofar as our exports are concerned. Uh, and let's maybe start off uh, with those exports. A massive decline for coal exports that we saw. Um, uh, I guess agricultural exports flat. Uh, but the key drivers of a lot of our exports in uh, by way of coal and uh, even some of the basic metals and chemicals are seemingly down. Yeah, I, I think uh, it takes us to a space that... Uh, <laughs> We are all uncomfortable about the issue of uh, partner trade rail. I mean, mm. the ability of the mining sector to get product to the ports has been hampered to some extent by, by the uh, inability of the, the, the rail infrastructure to support that. So uh, I think the coal sector had benefited significantly from a, a demand point of view mm. and the pricing point of view and they haven't been able to get as much uh, product out and I think we take the overall picture between the exports and the import you can certainly see that we got squeezed there and that is bad for economy mm. that, uh, things that end us forex are actually down things that make us uh, buy forex and sell rent are actually uh, yeah, up there yeah. quite a lot. So, so that is not good for us. Exactly, exactly. And I think talking about the things we need to pay for, Kwabe, um, when you see the percentage change, 43% in the index yeah. value increase for crude petroleum imports, uh, we should yeah. get scared. Yeah. Look, the number, that number is also a bit uh, uh, um, overstated by the fact that there was at some point uh, the inability to get crude uh, into into the country and uh, that that created a backlog. So products that were probably lying outside uh, the country oh, sure, that were sure. to South Africa and that kind of created uh, a a false chart. Uh, I really think that the, the that we are getting squeezed. Uh, the big things that earn us uh, forex are actually struggling. They were able to. I mean, uh, I think all this uh, slightly better, but. I don't think it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's as significant as, for example, coal, when the price was where it was. Uh, mm. I think, I think the, the coal was actually a major contributor in the last uh, uh, quarter. Yeah, and I guess it would have made for a much more balanced picture. Uh, if uh, Transnet Freight Rail was able to fulfill some of the orders. Uh, it seems the team out at Transnet getting a dressing down from members of parliament from the ANC and the EFF. 
could have said that uh, the the members of parliament should get a dressing down from the public because <laughs> I, I think it, it's their own doing. I mean, the the yes, there are issues uh, transferred, but what has the government done? Uh, I know there was a lot of corruption in the past, but what is so difficult about eroding corruption? Why not take uh, all the procurement? of state-owned uh, department and state-owned entities, centralize it in a department that is right next to Treasury, uh, and basically take away the, the incentive for corruption. Now that corruption has hit us, these people are being uh, lambasted by, by members of parliament. Uh, and to be quite honest, there is a need for investment. Uh, I mean, the, the, what has happened has happened. The unavailability of spares, the, the theft and the vandalism, have happened, there is no way that we can get Transnet trade rail back mm. without investment. Uh, so, so I certainly think that uh, to some extent it's a bit unfair on, on, on the, on, from the members of parliament, especially if they say that they're making the NC government look bad. I thought it was actually an overreach at that, at, at that level. Mm. But, but I think the, the other issue, Kwabe, insofar as this is concerned, it, to your earlier point about maybe the public giving a dressing down to members of parliament, is, you know, it's all good and well, close to the elections, to kick up a dust and a storm as if all of the challenges that translate freight rail are a new phenomenon. I mean, Sizam Zimela herself says, you know, uh, the main corridor, that Natal corridor, the N3, from, uh, yeah. you know, passes by Johannesburg straight through to Eteguini, has not been profitable in a very, very long time. And I, that would certainly not be news to the portfolio committee. So in a sense, it makes us wonder as members of the public, what is this thing oversight? What, what do we mean by that when we say exercise oversight, not just over the executive, but over state-owned companies? And in the case of a portfolio committee like the one on public enterprises, what form does that take? And I think, you know, I, I'm not sure in the post-apartheid period we've ever answered that in relation to uh, the businesses that are operated by the state. I think one has to take a, a step back. There, there are two elements to it. So I think if you go back in time, the amount of volume has grown over the last 20 years, right? That, mm. that needs to be uh, shipped down to, to the port. But I think the, the second element is also that while the, the, the freight rail was there in the past was handling a lot less capacity, with increased capacity, there was also an issue of uh, poor reliability that has then given the trucking market an opportunity to basically track a whole lot of stuff uh, to, to, to port in, 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 in South Africa. So there has been a lot of volume from that perspective, mm. but there is also has been uh, that they, they've never gotten the growth in uh, volume despite the market expanding because the, the trucking market actually took advantage of it. So I do think that uh, they tried to have this concession uh, for 20 years to get their partner to basically invest. I think they said about $3 billion in the in the infrastructure. Certainly it's a, it's a positive move, but until you deliver reliability, that I can get my goods to the port uh, to be able to live with a shift uh, uh, that is leaving the Nelly, I don't think people would want to take a risk there. So, so I think the question of uh, credibility that is also played a role in the in the in the space. Yeah, yeah. Kwabe, always a pleasure, my brother, catching up with you, and thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us.
Thank you, Aya. Good evening to you. Thank you very much. Zwela Kim Guni, the founder and chief investment officer out at Benguela Global Fund Managers, helping us with our wrap of the top business stories.